Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. My name is Michael McQuaid. Uh, a warm welcome to you um, if you're listening and tuning in. I can't say it's very warm here, Colin. Uh, by God, I mean, maybe that could be the main topic we talk about this, this week. I am freezing high and the Broncos offensively are still quite cold at the moment as well. Welcome. Yeah, uh, I suppose... You know, it, to to me, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a big big surprise what what happened. I'd actually had said, and I think last week that it, it would be a relatively close game. It was a much higher scoring game than I anticipated, and I think look, there will be plenty to discuss about that and about uh, the upcoming game on Sunday. Stuart, uh, a warm welcome to you as well, my friends. Uh, as Colm said there, and just for people listening to this podcast, that maybe we're living in a hole last week or, or watching the World Cup or whatever. Uh, twenty-eight, to, sorry, thirty-four to twenty-eight defeat against Kansas City, um, which reads quite well because at one point last week, Stuart, this team were gone for at, at, at you know close to, you know close to the midpoint of the second quarter, and they don't have to say now. The team done well to come back and put up uh, 28 points. I feel, I feel like I haven't said that in a long time, seeing a Broncos team put up that amount of points. It's, it was refreshing. It's just a pity we lost the game, man. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was the point where the pick six went in um, and in, in the second quarter, and that that looked like we were going to be on the, the receiving end of, 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 of a ferocious beating. I think that put it 27-0, if, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and to be honest, if, if if you had been offered 34-28 at that point, you would have bitten the handoff because, you know, for me, looking at it, I, I could only see that going one way. You know, the hope was that maybe Kansas City at that point might have taken out some of their starters to protect them for the following week. Otherwise, we could have been looking at 50. That's the way that game felt up to that point because we had been manhandled um and then i think it, it was kind of i actually ended up kind of feeling probably better about the broncos at the end of this game than i have had at any point during the season i think one of the main reasons for that was I, I i did think that we saw the return of the russell wilson that i think we all hoped we traded uh, you know the, the kitchen sink for um from seattle because i thought russell wilson played really really well um, like Russell Wilson, I think the stats were he was hit ten times and he was sacked six times. We can come back to the 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 state of our deeply offensive offensive line later. Um, but I thought Russell Wilson did well. Obviously, Jerry Judy had three touchdowns. Um, but I think we hung in there and I think we showed an awful lot of fight and spirit. Now you, you know the counterpoint to that is have we gotten to the point now where we're we're kind of celebrating moral victories? But I, I do think that given the way the season's unfolded, I think you've got to take what you can get at this point. Um, so for me, I kind of think if we can... Now, <laughs> unfortunately, Russell Wilson may not actually be fit to play this weekend, which is just typical of the way the Broncos season has gone. But if he is, I think you'd like to see us build on those positive signs and, and start to play the kind of football from an offensive point of view that, that we all thought we were going to do this year, but have been so desperately unable to do so I, I actually felt okay at the end of this Mick and, and and you know given where we were when that interception went in I think you know I would have taken that Colin with four games left in the season first game up against the Cardinals which I know we'll talk about after this you know Stuart does bring up that interesting point that I think it is as pressing for anyone listening to this podcast as anything instead of a game review as much as 
I'm sure we will get into it. Um, the Broncos obviously eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> Another January slash February of no Broncos football. But with Wilson, who obviously we hope is okay after being quietly, you know, quite significantly concussed on, on Sunday, you, you would think the guy isn't fully fit. Surely it's time now to to wrap it up for the year and, and they go again in September. What is the benefit of the Broncos playing a guy like Russell Wilson? Obviously, like you, you play to win a game and you play, you know, because you're, you're paying him a lot of money, but surely to try and give him the maximum amount of time that he needs to be able to recover and to become ready for next year, which will happen with a new offensive and probably a new head coach. Surely it's time now, in my opinion anyway, to, to maybe let Ross not ride for the final four weeks of the season. Maybe I'm just bored. In, in some ways, Michael, absolutely. It would make sense. But it would make sense, I suppose, if if the backup, like Brett Rippon, um, you know, comes in. Is Brett Rippon really uh, what you're going to hit your wagon to in terms of a backup QB? Is Brett Rippon going to be here next year? Do we really believe Brett Rippon is... A, a, a guy who can come in and actually win you an, a number of, of games if, if you need to, if Russ gets injured. So it's not like there's any upside to it. It's not like you're trying out a, a young QB and you're wondering what you've got. We know what we have in, in Brett Rippon. And I think what's interesting is over the past couple of weeks, I've been more the optimist on this podcast in terms of the, the results, in terms of what I thought the Broncos were capable of. But I... I'm actually in a different camp to Stuart. I'm fed up of hearing about the close loss to the Chiefs because I heard about it in January of this year where we lost to the Chiefs by four points and Drew Locke ran all over them and were we going to keep Vic and were we going to keep Drew Locke? I heard the same stuff back in December 2020 when we lost to the Chiefs by six points, which was in Arrowhead. And at that point, it was, you know, oh, uh, we're we're building, we're going to be better next year. In October of 2018, in that one month, we lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown right, uh, in in Arrowhead. And when the, the, the Chiefs came to mile high, we only lost by four points. So in, in the space of a, a month, uh, we there were two games there where the biggest margin was uh, a touchdown. It was the exact same December 2017. We lose by three points. And I was there to watch us lose in overtime in a game that you know, almost begin uh, the slide uh, back in November 2016 with the Broncos and the Chiefs both went into it seven and three, uh, and ultimately the the Chiefs prevailed uh, in in overtime. So I've been there before. I'm done hearing about close losses to the Chiefs um, being a, a source of inspiration. Let's see this team do it. Right. Let's see what plays out for the rest of the season and let's see what's happened next year. Because in 2017, Vance Joseph was a leader of men and we were going to be going uh, places. And then and then we decided. Right. But remember now, you, you can't sack a head coach after first year. It looks bad. You won't get anyone. So let's keep Vance. In 2018, it, it's going to be better. It wasn't any better. So Van Vance goes and then we get Vic and then Vic's entirety from Vic's first press conference. It was 
obvious he it, it, it was a bad fit and it continues throughout the, the season blowing a 20 point lead in Minneapolis etc etc but you can't fire a head coach after the first year because it'll look really bad so we need to keep Vic and then we all watched what what happened and then this uh, year Nathaniel Hackett comes in it's going to be different uh, and it, well we've all watched it play out but all of a sudden a close loss to the Chiefs and there's plenty of people saying, oh, we can build, we can build from here. I'm, I'm done listening to it. I'm done listening to all of it. Just go out and do the business on the field. And let's, uh, you know, that putting up 20 points, great. Continue to, to do that. Continue to do that for the rest of the season. I mean, we thought the back end of the schedule was going to be really tough. You look at it now and you, you go outside of, you know, going to, to Arrowhead, there, there shouldn't be huge concerns. And we've already shown in this game that we can put up points on the, the Chiefs. So I want to see the Broncos continue to do that, whoever is at QB for the remainder of the season. Stuart, I'll sort of jumble on what Colin said there. Um, I almost had um, dissolved the memory of Vic Fangio from my mind there. So uh, thank you very much. And God, it's hard to believe now you're talking six years of this crap that we've put up with. It's actually, it's nuts. Like you could have, you could have had a child and it could be sitting in primary school at this point. I mean, that's, that's nuts. Um, Stuart, to sort of jump on that, you know, there are plenty of people as Colin and Colin's rightly said, I've listened to podcasts. I'm not going to start calling out people. Um, <laughs> but I've listened to podcasts this week and they said, a certain person said that Nathaniel Haggett deserves at least another year. And you're like, no, he doesn't. I mean, like we were there in the flesh in October and we've seen it in our, like with our own eyes. And look, none of us lads are experts by any shape or the form, right? But we could, you could see that it was a bit above him. He didn't get it. You, you could see that in, in the press or in London. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. And for the people that said that the, the Broncos aren't that far off. Patrick Mahomes threw three picks on Sunday. And yes, we came back into the game. And of course and they should, of course, regardless of the of the record, of course the, Bron the Broncos should be given praise for, I don't know, bringing their bringing themselves back into the game, limiting the, the Chiefs run game to a maximum 60 or 70 yards rush, where the Chiefs have found relative success down the line, even though they still didn't have a bad day in that sense. But they didn't have any rushing doing about any rushing touchdowns. But Outside of that, it was a like I I just like we are the sort of team, Stuart, that will go in Sunday week on Christmas Day and lose the Rams in LA. I'm putting it out there now and saying it. Like they put up 28 points in Denver against against the Chiefs. They will go to LA on Christmas Day and play like absolute shite. And I'm sorry to say it, but this is this is the 2021 or 2022 Denver Broncos that we're used to now. And um, it's clear that there is time needed to allow somebody else to come in. They should have brought Evero in a couple of weeks ago to give him the reins to see what he could do, whether he was the right option or not. But now, and we talk, and this is going around the same, I'm trying to be positive here, apologies, but, you know, if I'm Evero and a team comes calling outside of the bottom three teams in the league, hell, if the Houston Texans came calling, he's, he's not going to want to stay in Denver, in my opinion. Um, well, there's a lot, two epic rants from, from 
my, my colleagues here, I think I don't think I've ever, we've had two in a row. This should be extent. a video podcast this week. I was going to say, well, yeah. No, uh, there's a lot, a lot to take in there. And I agree with the, an awful lot of, of, of what you're both saying. I, I Just to make sure, just for clarity's sake, I was happy enough with the close loss to the Chiefs on Sunday for one reason and one reason only, because it, to me, looked like a Russell Wilson that we could get excited about. Um, there is no other there is no other reason to get excited about losing to the Chiefs yet again. I kind of lost count of any that is now in a row. Um, yeah, Mike, well, something like the Houston Texans, which come for Evero, obviously, you know, every, anybody who's ambitious is going to want to take a, a shot regardless of the state of the franchise. And don't forget the Houston Texans are almost nailed on to have the first pick in the draft and they've got the choice of of CJ Stroud. Well, at least they have the first up. choice. Like, I mean, at least they have yeah. that choice for the first pick. Where exactly. are we picking no. in the draft? The Seahawks are picking well, up third. No, we're, third of the no, we're picking like... second now. We've got the second pick, so we'll be able to get the second best. No, we won't because we don't have. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, uh, yet again, the San Francisco 49ers have now turned into a killing machine um, just to rub salt into the wounds for our draft pick now to be going into the very late 20s. Stuart, l- look at the Niners, right? Because Colin, and, I, and please do continue, I don't mean to butt in here, but it brings up a good point. You've said the Niners there. Talking about Brett Rippon. Look at Brock Purdy. Look what he's done. Now, at the time of recording, we don't know if he completely broke the bread in Seattle or not, but look what he's done in two games. And we've got Brett Rippon. And he was the third choice quarterback in San Francisco. It makes you think, like. Yeah, but that's because the, 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 the person who should be coaching the Denver Broncos, Kyle Shanahan, is a, is a tremendous head coach who has been dealt a huge amount of injuries year in, year out, and yet still manages to get the 49ers competitive, um, got them to a Super Bowl. Um, looks like he's going to have a deep playoff run. I, I would hate to play the 49ers in playoffs right now, regardless of who the quarterback is. Now, I don't know if Purdy's going to be able to get it done, you know, in a trip to the Cowboys or or to the Vikings or, you know, a trip to the Eagles. But having said that, he's, he's you know, he, he looked good. But all, what you do see, Michael, is with Shanahan, you see somebody who's able to coach um, with the talent at his disposal. So obviously he's going to do stuff differently for Purdy now that he would have done with, with Jimmy G. And let's not forget that Jimmy G um, was a completely different quarterback to the, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the guy who got injured, the guy they traded all their picks for, Colin, you can Fred remind Lance. me. Yeah, Lance, like he a completely different quarterback. So he, he already had to, had to change things up because Jimmy G is, is just, you couldn't get a more different quarterback to, than Lance. Um, so this is Purdy. So, but like, we all know this. Shanahan was the obvious choice to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And for some stupid, petty personal reasons, wasn't. And we picked the leader of men instead, which, I mean, so this franchise has made mistake after mistake. If there's a wrong option for this franchise to take, you can put the house on that they will take the wrong option, regardless of what it is. It's, it's endemic now at this stage. The Broncos cannot get out of their own way. Um, like we've said it before jokingly, but the Jets now uh, are closing in on a playoff berth, which would put us in sole possession of the longest playoff drought. Um, but I, I like the thing is, Michael, it wouldn't surprise me if we lost to Baker Mayfield's uh, uh, Rams. Um, I'm I've no idea who, 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 if Brett Rippon is playing against the Cardinals, that could be one of the worst games in NFL history. Um, given that they'll have their backup because Colin Murray is out for the season with the torn ACL. Um, so that's one to get really excited about, said no one ever. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what this team is going to do. That's been the problem with the Broncos all season. I mean, the one sort of constant has been the defense has played really well, although the defense got fairly badly torched in the first half of that game on, on Sunday. Um, but the constant has been the defense has has performed manfully and the offense has stunk out the joint. Now, who's to say that that won't be the case at the weekend or against the Rams? Um, but no, I like the, I, I would not... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sit Russell Wilson for the rest of the season, Michael. I, I can't imagine Hack is going to do that. And, and I think, you know, injury permitting, I think human nature would dictate to him that he won't because he is probably under the impression that if he can win the next three out of four games, he's got a shot at staying on. Now, should he stay on? Absolutely no. Um, absolutely no, because this is a mistake that we have made before. Um, and Colin rightly said, all this noise about you can't fire a head coach after one season. Yes, you can. And you absolutely should. Um, and we should have learned from the mistake we made with Fangio. So if we didn't, and we repeated it with Fangio. And I genuinely think if we make that mistake again with Hackett, the fans are just going just gonna to tear the place down. Because you can forgive a mistake once. But if you do it twice, then, or, and then God forbid, three times, you kind of go, like, and the other reason for not benching um, or sitting Russell Wilson, pardon that, you know, there was clearly a difference between the two. The other reason for not sitting Russell Wilson is how many empty seats are there going to be if Wilson isn't playing for the rest of the season? The place is going to be empty. 60 I mean, I can't years, Alan. Sure. Yeah. But like, you know, you're set <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the same way the Etihad is sold out week in, week out. Um, with, I like the like 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 the World Cup games are sold out. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the way all those Manchester City fans show up dressed as blue plastic seats. Um, you know that that's another thing to take into consideration. Um, but as I said, the reason I was excited was because I thought that was I I would like Russell Wilson hopefully to be past fit. You know, not only for his own health but from a selfish point of view, I think it would be good to see if we can build on that performance that he had. Um, and I thought he showed a tremendous amount of guts in that game because our offensive line is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. He was butchered. Um, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who are two premier pass rushers, um, just, oh, they, they destroyed our offensive line. And I'm going to bring Colm in here now in a minute because we were chatting about this over recently. We've somehow managed to lose one of the more promising guards we have on the roster in Mooty, who is clearly a better prospect than Wattenberg, who was handed his lunchbox by Chris Jones um, on numerous occasions. Uh, we've decided to keep him elevated to the 53. Mooty was put back onto the practice squad, and Mooty has now been snapped up by the Raiders. That's like, an atrocious decision. It, it, it's, this is the kind of stuff, Michael, that fans must be just going, what? Like, really, what's next? Now, Mooty is not Nelson from the, from the Colts. He isn't. I'm not going to pretend he's the premier guard in the NFL. But he is a decent guard, and he has looked as good, if not better, than most of the players who play in that position. I think he's looked as good, if not better, than Reisner for most of this season. Um, so now Mooty is gone. They've let him be snapped up by our hated rivals. 
I mean, it's just, what, 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 what's next, lads? Really, what's next? I, I know Colin is sure wants to pass that over to you. I will let him pass it over to you, but I will add one point to this conversation. He's talking about Nathaniel Hackett and about records and stuff and about Vic Fangio. Um, there's a guy in the league at the minute, and, and Stuart, you mentioned the Jets there. The Jets are, what, seven and six at the time we're recording? Yeah. Their, their head coach went, what, four, four and 13 last year? Robert Sala. And Colin, they, they gave Robert Sala a chance and look at the buy-in he's received in New York. People are giving him, and with, with, with Mike White, a quarterback, with Zach Wilson, with Joe Flacco, with, you know, look at our defense and look, look at our offense. Is there, like, you see, so it's it's difficult, man, isn't it? It's it's, it's a hard one to, to call. Obviously, Hockett needs to go, but it's just funny because, like, a lot of people this time last year were throwing the kitchens thinking it's solid. They they were in, in in ways, Michael, but like the, the Jets have been awful for a, a long, long, long time. Um and they they hadn't, I suppose, invested so much into um the what what they did. And that that was um in it, I suppose Salah's first uh, year. And this is ultimately where we go back to it, though. They had a, a rookie quarterback. That buys you a lot of time. When you bring in a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, when you pay him a quarter of a billion dollars, when you announce that, and you announce it because you want the fanfare that that brings, because you believe in the quarterback and you're saying he is the guy, well, that that takes the, you know... You get rid of of the waiting at that point, right? That that starts the clock ticking on the head coach, on the GM, and on the QB. And you can't put the genie back on the bottle. You can try, and you can say, "Oh, it's going to take time to adjust to the system and this and that." But like the Broncos tried doing that consistently with first year head coaches, right? Oh, it takes time as a first year coach. We heard that with Vance Joseph. We heard that with Vic Fangio. And then all of a sudden, Kevin O'Connell arrived in and Mike McDaniel arrived in and Brian Dable arrived in. And are you telling me the Giants, the Giants and their roster, which is a shambles and which has also been injury ravaged? That, you know, look at the, the job that Brian Dable has done there. So, yeah, Salah came in last year. Yes, they went 4-13, and 13, but they had a, a rookie QB. Now, it looks like, ultimately, they may have well gotten it terribly wrong on their QB. But because they're not tied to that contract, they can move on from it. They can look to do something different if they want in in this off season, and ultimately because of the you know they're only paying Zach Wilson for four years. There's a fifth year option, so it it gives them all sorts of uh, freedom and and flexibility to do that. You know there there is the the Russell Wilson contract, and I know Zach Seegers has, um, in fairness, made some points about how you could move on from it. It, it would mean taking on merciful um, cap cap it. I don't see that happening. I think the the other thing that has been mooted uh, amongst some people is that the Broncos will leave Hackett in situ, will leave Wilson in situ, and will leave George Payton in situ and run it all back next year because 
if it doesn't work, they will absolutely clean house um, the following year. Now, that's another year of our lives. That's another year of those who have season tickets. That's all their money. I don't know what they'll do, but I know that there is some people that think that would be the way to do it. George Payton made the decision on Nathaniel Hackett, made the decision on Russell Wilson. He run it for two years. And if it's an absolute flop, which, you know, we don't know, could it be? Then ultimately you are picking towards the top of the 2024 draft um, with a new GM, a new head coach. I don't know what way it's going to go. But I, as I've said on the podcast before, ultimately, if, if the Broncos choose to move on from Nathaniel Hackett, and I would urge them to do that, they absolutely have to look at the process that they have um, for hiring head coaches because it has been terrible for the past three and they have to change that. The dead cap hits for the Broncos to move on from Russell Wilson is $107 million in 2023, 85 in 2024. It would be it would be 2025, you'd have to start considering 49 and a half. Um, and 2026 is 31.2 million. Oh, um, let's look. Let's let's jump on this Cardinals game at the weekend. Um, from watching Monday Night Football and from see, obviously you feel for a quarterback Stuart when, um, when Murray goes down, in this in in the way that he did go down, and he's now out for the season. We're up against Colt McCoy. The Cardinals should have beat the Patriots in Monday Night Football. Let's make it very clear. As far as I'm concerned. They had the game by the balls at one point in the second quarter. They went for it on a on what can only be described as an inept play on fourth and one. But I guess Stuart, it goes into what we're talking about, Nathaniel Hackett. People that are Cardinals, or sorry, people that are Cardinals fans have got the same sort of issues with Cliff Kingsbury and and and, and the GM in Arizona. And um, it's it's a weird game to go into at the weekend because Colt McCoy against your presuming Russell Wilson uh, at the time of recording. This has to be an opportunity for the Broncos to win this game. If they're going to win any game in, in the last three, they've got what or the last four, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chargers, who I think will win out controversially, and the Chiefs. I think you know you have to be looking at this game to win. But now are you playing with your own destiny or do you want to just screw the Seahawks draft pick? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hate the Seahawks, so I would absolutely screw the Seahawks draft pick uh, if there was any opportunity to do it. I mean, even really bad teams, Michael, don't go out to 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 lose games. I'm not saying that you're suggesting the Broncos are going to do that. Um, I think, to be fair, the Broncos have lost an awful lot of close games that they probably should have won. Uh, I think most of that is to do with the fact that the offense has been atrocious. Um, and I do think that this is a very poor Cardinals team that's just got poor because Kyler Murray has his problems um you know depending on who you talk to the PlayStation may be the root of them um but Kyler Murray is dangerous and Kyler Murray can cause problems for a defense Colt McCoy is terrible and um, he always has been terrible and there's nothing going to happen in the next couple of days that's going to change that um he said fully remembering that we lost to the Baltimore Ravens back up not too long ago um so I would expect, if Russell Wilson plays this game, I would expect us to win this game reasonably comfortably um, because I do think the Cards have been phoning it in for quite some time. I think New England, I don't think New England are, are very good at all. I think they've got a very good defence, but New England's offence is, is horrible. Um, so I don't think losing a, a game narrowly enough to, to New England is, is much of a, 
an indicator of anything. I think that from what I can see and what I've seen of the Cardinals, which hasn't been much now, admittedly, but they they seem to have lost interest quite some time. And I would expect Kingsbury to be let go um, at the end of the season. And I, I think we will win this if Russell Wilson plays. If Russell Wilson doesn't play, then I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And I'm just going to confidently predict that it will be a horrible, horrible game of football. I am in the exact same book column. I think if Russell Wilson plays here, look at me picking the Broncos to win. This must be the first time in a while. Um, <laughs> I I think we'll win the game on Sunday. Um, the thing that Colt McCoy brings to the Cardinals, yes, there is that mediocrity, absolutely, but there were times on Monday nights where he was getting the ball down the field. There was a couple of situations where Hollywood Brown let him down. You got Trey McBride there as well. Um, and if he can get the run game going against the Broncos, who knows what could happen on Sunday. But I I think with it being a home game, with it, it, it's at home, yeah? I've got that yes. wrong? Yes, yeah, it's, no, it's, at home. Home. it's at home. Yeah, okay, right. So w- w- with it being a home game with the Broncos, I, I, there's no excuses they have to win this game. So I'm, I'm, yeah, by hell, I'm picking the Broncos to win the game. Who have you got calling Sunday? Do you know what could be extra, extra delicious uh, just as a an observer of the league if the Broncos do win right um Cliff Kingsbury could end up with a worse record um than the Panthers interim coach Steve Wilkes who was fired by the Cardinals and uh Steve Wilkes who came in to the Panthers as an interim head coach um, who has got, you know, had been dealing with a situation where obviously they are now on their third starting QB. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Robbie Anderson is gone. Uh, all, all of the dealing with the legacy uh, of the Matt rule. This is the other thing because it's often said, oh, you shouldn't fire um, in the middle of a season. Well, look what Steve Wilkes is doing. And given the situation that he's found himself they they traded away their best player um, one of their top wide receivers essentially they, they could win that division they could, they could win that they, division they could now they ultimately Tom Brady probably gets lucky um, Brady loses his weekend I, think. I I would I hope that would be the case but I suppose if, if again zooming out and looking at it look at what you know, Broncos fans are consistently told and look around the league and look at the examples and look at what a head coach like Steve Wilkes is dealing with and the fact that he still manages uh, to, to get wins. Steve Wilkes has four wins as uh, Panthers head coach. Four wins. That's the same as Cliff Kingsbury. It's, it's uh, you know, that, and it tells you, I suppose, where uh, where they are at, it's more than the time that Hackett has, um, and and this is you know t- people were tipping the Broncos for the Super Bowl, national NFL analysts were tipping. Uh, so people need to look at that, right? That should be a real question. And yes, the Broncos have dealt with injuries, but Stuart has already talked about other teams um, dealing with injuries. The Broncos should win on Sunday because the Cardinals are a train wreck. I, I have no belief in them as, as an organization. They need to ultimately clean house. And they have a guy in Cliff Kingsbury who, between Texas Tech and the Arizona Cardinals, has been a head coach um, and also Texas Tech fired him. But he has been a head coach for 10 straight years. In that time as head coach, he has had a winning season three times. 30 percent um the the cardinals 
cannot move on quick enough, but they also need to move on from their GM. The, the, I suppose the, the issue for them is, I think there are questions, and obviously the injury is horrific, but be, even before the injury, there are questions around uh, Kyler Murray. He's a lot younger than Russell Wilson, but it, it is a similar sort of contract, similar sort of questions. But yeah, the Broncos should, can and should, and sh again, should be expected to win on Sunday. I'm nicking that uh, Panthers tweet. I will credit you, don't worry. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes. And that's all I'm, that, I'm going to say. So, uh, uh, the, the one thing I will add to this conversation, and this, lads, this has been a very... Uh, I feel like a mediator here. This has been a great, a great dive into the issues that this team has had, not just this season, but over the last, the last few years. And one can only hope that we're not sitting here... Uh, this time next year, talking about the same topics, you know, because you know fans deserve better. And uh, to talk to to, to to turn away from any negativity or any uh, constructive discussions, I will say for people listening, and um, I watched the the DT or Demarius Thomas documentary on the Broncos YouTube at the weekend. It was unreal. I recommend anyone to watch it. Uh, but we're all picking the Broncos this weekend to win which can only mean one thing, and uh, oh, we will God. see what that means next week. Um, but for now, it's been awesome to be chatting to you boys. Really, really appreciate the opportunity to do so. Appreciate, lads. And uh, I, I know we all really appreciate the opportunity to to put our thoughts and discussions on the Mile High Report podcast network. So from myself, Michael McQuaid, Colin McCrone, Stuart Roach, uh, until next time, go Broncos, let's ride, and uh, bring on the Cardinals. Go Broncos. Oh, well,